0: Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church podcast. A community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. To kick off our Love the the City series, I'm so thankful to have Pastor Ravon from UGM. And would you welcome him now as he comes and he shares about how we can partner with Jesus in serving the homeless.
1: The numbers are changing all the time here in the Seattle area, but according to the 2020 and 2022 reports from all home King County, there are 13,368 homeless people in Seattle, King County. Now, those are the numbers that they counted one by one. There are over 7,000 or about half are unsheltered. More than a 1,000 Families with children, Mm. about 1,000 are youth and young adults, 955 are youth and young adults. This is what they counted uh, the last time they made a physical count. You know, to to put a little uh, uh, bow on this, Seattle is the 18th largest city in America by population. Yet we have the third largest homeless population in America after only Los Angeles and New York. We are number three as far as the number of homeless uh, people in this city, in the nation. There is one homeless person for every 67 people living in Seattle, King County, which makes us number one for density in the United States. Homelessness is growing. It's doubled in the last two decades. The homelessness crisis is very visual in our region, and because of that, we all have a response as we try to discern the root causes of homelessness. You know, homelessness in reality is not the problem. It is a symptom of the problem. Homelessness is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. If you simply provide a home for most homeless people, the problems will linger. But if you dig deeper and address the root cause, uh, the symptoms of homelessness will go away how do we know well one is based on God's design for people and two we have seen it firsthand so we know it's true so the symptoms of homelessness are clear addiction mental illness uh, abusive relationships chronic illnesses poor housing living conditions etc But the question is, if these are only symptoms, what are the root causes of homelessness? We believe at the mission, we believe that broken relationships and trauma are at the root of homelessness. Broken relationships with God and with others, homelessness is more of a relationship issue than a resource issue. We at the mission have taken a more relational approach to loving and serving our homeless neighbors in recent years. And this is the why behind that shift. And I mentioned trauma. Hmm. That was a fascinating study that was begun in 1997 by the Centers for Disease Control. That study gave us what we call today the ACE test with ACE standing for Adverse Childhood Experiences. Uh, Some of you may be familiar with the ACE test. Some of you may have taken it yourself, as a matter of fact. But what does that have to do with homelessness? In this study, it was discovered that traumatic events in childhood can have negative impacts on people in their adult years. These traumatic events are categorized in three areas abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. 10 simple yes or no questions emerged, and the number of questions a person answers yes to determines his or her ACE score on a scale of zero to 10. Researchers discovered that, and, and this has been confirmed over and over since the study began, that generally speaking, the higher a person's A score, the greater the risk of that person experiencing varying types of dysfunction as an adult. A high A score does not just have an effect on a person's, on one's mental or emotional well-being, but it can impact one's physical health as well. Childhood trauma. It impacts the whole person. High A scores correlate, remember must said correlate, with increased chances of obesity, diabetes, STDs, broken bones, heart disease, cancer, stroke, drug and alcohol abuse, and more. So, how does trauma relate to homelessness? Well, studies show that if you have an ACE score of four or more, you are 16 times more likely to experience homelessness. Several years ago, we did an informal survey of men in our addiction recovery program where we asked them to take the ACE test. Of those 30 or so men, the average A score was nine. So we learned from the ACE study that homelessness for many isn't simply a matter of economic hardship or the lack of affordable housing. It isn't just a matter of addiction. Those are merely symptoms of a much larger issue. The issue of personal brokenness very often resulting from childhood trauma. So if we want to help a person heal, simply making housing affordable, and we do need affordable housing, helping them find a job, and we do need people employed, or helping them stop abusing substances won't solve the root cause we must address the root cause which is broken relationships we will help to bring right relationships into their lives helping them to know that they have a heavenly father who loves them deeply and wants to be in a relationship with them an intimate relationship, an into-me-see relationship with them. We will help them to recapture what was lost, and we will help them to see and believe that they are made in his image, image image-bearers, and that they are precious to him, Precious. precious to him and to us. The answer to healing from broken and dysfunctional relationships is found in Jesus Christ. We receive our true identity in him and in him alone, and then we live out that identity in the context of relationships within the communities of faith, or what the Apostle Paul calls the family of God, which is a group of people who are seeking to love God, And love others. It's not complicated. (laughs) What do people need in order to get out of this kind of life and start to live thriving lives? As it is a multifaceted problem, the solutions are multifaceted too. They have physical needs that need to be met. They have relational needs that need to be met. They have spiritual needs that need to be met. In the Old Testament, certain classes of people became marginalized, in particular widows, orphans, and foreigners. Because God loves people, he called his people Israel, to make provisions for marginalized people, to seek justice for them, Today we believe we are called to do the same, as there are few people who are more marginalized in our city than those struggling with addiction and mental uh, illnesses and living in tents and under overpasses, our homeless neighbors. So in light of all this, what should our response be? What would a gospel response be? Any gospel response must begin with prayer. We need to get on our knees and ask God to give us his eyes, his heart, for our neighbors. You notice I call them neighbors, we recognize as believers in Jesus Christ, we recognize that this is not our home. So in a sense, we are all homeless. So we should have empathy for those who are without physical shelter. And we should understand some of the plight, some of the things that they are going through. We need to ask God how, uh, how he wants us, how he wants to use us, if at all, to meet their needs and to show them his love Uh, So prayer is a gospel response. Making provisions and seeking justice for marginalized people as God has called his people to do is a gospel response. We're to speak up for one another. We're to encourage one another. We're to stand firm for one another against the evilness of this world. When we meet a homeless person we need to remember that they need our attention. They need our affection. They need our affirmation. Just as God gives to each and every one of us. Attention, affection, and affirmation. So what's our approach at the mission? We have certain guiding principles that we live by at the mission. We believe that everyone is made in God's image and deserves dignity. We believe that God desires to be in a personal relationship with us through Jesus Christ. We believe homelessness is not a permanent state and that change is possible. We believe people are often wounded in the context of relationships and that it is in the context of relationships that people find healing with God, themselves, and with others. Our program model, as I mentioned before, is broken into four areas. Survival, stabilization, recovery, and post-graduation. Survival is how we love and care for people who are living on the streets, often in the midst of their addiction. Some of these programs include our outreach team, search and rescue, meals, mobile shower trailer, uh, mental health outreach, pet support, a lot of people living on the streets have pets, uh, and, and more. This is the group of people you see most often, those who are living on the streets. And then our second phase is stabilization. How we love and care for people by helping them to get out of their current environment, giving their bodies and minds time and space to recover from the impact of addiction and living on the streets. When they are ready to come in off the streets, the first thing that they go through is what we call stabilization. This helps them to get to a place where they are program ready, meaning they are in a posture to experience real change in their lives. Uh, Some of these programs include work therapy, Bible, daily Bible study, community groups, prison ministry, one-on-one case management, chemical dependency assessments, mental health assessments, weekly church attendance, and various 12-step type uh, classes and, and, and more the third phase of the program is recovery after they've been through stabilization and they're ready to fully recover or, or recover we put them into our year-long program It's how we love and care for people whose lives are being changed by God through our year-long recovery program some of these programs include our 12-month men's and women's recovery programs domestic violence support, mental health support, education and career support, our team mission fitness program, and and, and more. The fourth phase is post-graduation. It's how we love and care for people after they graduate from their recovery program. Helping men and women build relationships and engage in local churches is one of our greatest desires. Remember I talk about they they, they begin to flourish in the context of community, in the context of a community of faith, a family of God. While they are in the program, they are in community. When they graduate from the program, they need to continue in community. That's where you come in. What happens to people after they graduate, if they don't have a stable support system with healthy relationships and a community in place, they can very often end up right back where they started. It is vital that you guys, the body of Christ, help to them to continue relationship so that they grow there's always hope you can check out our website at ugm.org and or search YouTube and view exciting stories about uh, what Jesus Christ is doing in our city and just looking on the surface, you can see things, man, and, and you, can, you can get to a point where you say, man, there's really no hope. But this is a testimony to the fact that there is. Imagine for a moment if the church in Seattle decided to collectively take the issue of homelessness on. <laughs> what would it look like? What if you got involved with your unique God-given identity? (laughs) The power of one life collectively addressing the issue. God wants to do amazing things through you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Hey Amen. You know, I um, I love that line and um, that says, "I will send out an army." Because what that says to me is that God is already doing a work. There's, a, there's there's a work that's going on, and the invitation today is like what Pastor Ravon just said. The question is, do you want to be a part of it? And what I love in that is that a lot of times we say, Lord, what do I have to offer? And the Lord just says, you just need to be obedient. It's his strength. It's his power. As Pastor Yvonne said, the only help is found in Jesus, but our faith comes alive as we put feet to it. We shout Jesus to the darkness, and then the Holy Spirit empowers us to run to the darkness, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to get real practical with you today because I know that you're here and I know that you have a heart to do this. And a lot of times we may be paralyzed and saying, what can we do? How can we engage? Well, here's one practical thing. If you get out your phone and you open up the Church Center app, and if you don't have the app, you can get the app. And on that, you will see, click down that lower right corner that says more, and then you click on events. We have an event coming up on November 12th where UGM is coming back. We love Ravon so much that this is the third time we're having you back. We're, we're not going to let you go. <laughs> but he's going to be back with us on November 12th following that service to do a trauma training. As you heard him said earlier, that when, when they've been on the street, they know these people. They're walking with people. They're walking with children of God. That homelessness is tied back to it's a broken relationship. That stems from trauma. There's going to be a trauma training on November 12th. Just click that, register for it. There's a $5 suggested donation uh, just to cover the meal, but if that's an obstacle, we will feed you. But if you will click on that just so that we know how many to welcome November 12th following that morning gathering just down in Southern Hall. Join us for that. We have people that will train us and teach us and help us that whatever your gift is, however you want to be engaged, these are strategic partners that because of your missions giving, we send monthly support to UGM, and we've done that for a long, long time. And I'm so thankful for that. But I'm also thankful that the Lord is now saying, are you willing to step out? Are you willing to do something? And the thing is, it, that something is not just downtown. I talk and meet to homeless people as I just walk my dog on 185th we meet people who are homeless who come here. My prayers at that Shoreline Community Church would be an open door, welcome to everybody. Because the reality is we all have habits, hurts, and hangups, don't we? And we're all here today because we know Jesus is the answer. So as we respond today, as the band sings, I'm going to invite you to stand, go to the church center app, sign up for that. Or maybe as you're wrestling with us today, Jesus' example to us that we were not made to do it alone is the, is the Lord's Supper, communion, And maybe your response, as he said, everything begins with prayer, that you go and you receive communion. And as you receive communion and and receive that forgiveness from the Lord, say, Lord, speak to me today. How would you have me respond? Or maybe you want to go to the prayer walls and just say, Lord, and you want to write, use me. Use me. Or you want to turn to the person next to you. So many ways. Pick one of those ways and respond. Can we all stand together? So, Lord, here we stand today. Speak, your servant is listening. Would you pray that with me? Speak, your servant is listening. Pray that again. Speak, your servant is listening. Because Lord, we know that faith without works is dead. But as we step in faith, we come alive in Jesus Christ. So Lord, use us today as we respond in prayer, as we sign up for the trauma training, as we go to the prayer walls and just write, Use me. Or maybe we're praying for, for friends in our life. Lord, as we write that prayer, May we respond in obedience. Your word says to obey is better than a sacrifice. So, Lord, we thank you for Pastor Ravon and his team in Union Gospel Mission. And we pray that you would continue to partner with them. Lord, we pray, Lord, that every church in the city would see them as a strategic partner to partner with them. As we receive training and as we are empowered to be the army that you send forth. Your light to the darkness, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said together. Amen. Amen. Now, as the team leads us, respond in some way. If it's just a prayer of Lord, speak to me. Show me what you would have me to do. Father, that's our prayer today. Lord, take all the world, but give me Jesus. And Father, we know that as we walk with you, we're empowered with you, as we align our lives, and as we, as we follow that act of obedience, of surrender to you, Lord, we discover that John 10, 10, that Pastor Ravon referred to either, that you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. One version says, life to the full, overflowing as we walk trusting in you. So, Lord, we take those steps today. We take those steps today. And everyone said together, amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm about to do one of my favorite things to do. You know, when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ. And one of the things I love about this, this, this community is that we have people that are actively going out, making friends, talking to people, sharing the life of Jesus. And one of our long-term members here uh, that's been doing that is Teresa Kozlowski. How many of you know Teresa and appreciate all the ministry that she does? And I mean, when you talk about walking out, well, more of you appreciate her than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Teresa. And one thing I love about her is that wherever she goes, she's sharing the love of Jesus. She's reaching out to her neighbors. And one of those people is someone who's new to us, Jeanette Kutcher. And I'm going to invite her to join me here in a minute. But Teresa's been loving her, reaching out to her, discipling her, and sharing the love of Jesus. In that process, she said, I want to be baptized. And so she came and said, Pastor Dwayne, can we baptize her? I said, absolutely. We would love to do that. And you know, this is a great time just to remind us that as it relates to baptism, baptism is a physical reminder of the inner work that Jesus has done in us, leading us, responding. And there's there's always a connection. When we walk in obedience to Jesus, there's something special that happens in our lives. And that's why Jesus said to be baptized. Baptism as we dedicate our lives to Jesus and we're put under the water, it's that that significant representation that the old person is gone, that all things are made new. When we give our life to Jesus, he makes us new. He restores us to who we were meant to be. And so uh, this this morning, before we leave this place, I want to introduce you to our our new baptism person, uh, Jeanette Cutcher. Jeanette, would you join us today? Let's welcome Jeanette as she steps down (laughs) Step over here, Jeanette, right next to me. There you go. Amen. This is Jeanette Kutcher, friend of Teresa Kozlowski. She is dedicated, giving her life to Jesus, and today she wants to walk in obedience to the Lord. So, Jeanette, have you given your life to Jesus? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and are you committing to follow him all the days of your life?
1: Yep. He's taking care of me all
0: my life. I need to do the same. And he will be there. And I want you to look at all these people. Because these are people now that are committing to walk with you as you follow Jesus. Amen? Is that our commitment today? Amen. So, Jeanette, you stand right here. Take your right right hand. Pinch your nose. Take your left hand. Put it here. So, Jeanette, because of your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be baptized, we schedule baptisms, but we can fill the tank very easily. We're always ready and excited to do that. So if you want to do that, again, just talk to Chris to talk to one of us or reach us in some way, and we would love to baptize you. But before we leave today, this is our benediction. Can we say this together? May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.